Hey, wasn't that beautiful? Just a moment of unified worship. You know, Christ is risen, and that paves the way for anything that we face in life. Resurrection is central to our existence, uh, and it's actually something that we can grow in, we can experience ourselves every day. Um, resurrection's a surprise. You know, it's something that, that we don't expect. You don't expect Jesus to rise from the dead. His disciples were hoping for it, but then it happened, and, and they were confused that he had risen from the dead. But what they found as they explored is they found unity in that resurrection. They found that that was something that would keep them together. Uh, And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about unity. And, you know, I was meant to be speaking last week. Uh, You'll hear it in my voice, a little bit of a a lingering cold. I had it in the family. It's, ah, man, things are hard when you're sick, eh? Uh, Even just the cold. Woe is me. Um, but, it, but it was there, and, and things were getting a bit much um, last week. Things were happening, and uh, it, it so happened uh, that good old Lawrence thought he wasn't going to be here, and he was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here tomorrow, and I was like, do you want to speak? <laughs> uh, and so he did that, and he, didn't he do awesome? He didn't know what I was going to be speaking on, and his topic was unity. He starts talking about being unified by the God in us, being drawn to the God in you. And it was this beautiful encouragement that it's not something that we have to strive for, but it's something that exists because of who's in us. Um, so without knowing it, he did an awesome intro to this message on unity. <laughs> you know, society uh, has this kind of push for us to live as, in an individualistic way. Uh, we're responsible for our income. We're responsible for our household. We're responsible for our kids. We're responsible for uh, you know, doing good work. We're responsible for showing up to church. We're responsible for this. We're responsible for that. Sometimes it's a bit much, eh? So society pushes us to that, to be an individual and to succeed in that. The pressure to carry all those things for work, ministry, finance, education, business ventures, relationships. And we often feel responsible for every part of life. We also feel responsible for other people's lives, especially in ministry, mate. The good news, though, is that there's a better way to live, and that's unity. I'm going to see if this thing works. There you go. Whoa. Thank you for the background too, David. That was David's choice on background. Nice one. Um, Forming a complete and harmonious whole. Isn't that a beautiful definition of unity? And that's like the second line one. It's like forming a complete thing. And then it says like a complete and harmonious whole, um, especially in relation to art and all this stuff. But we're going to talk about unity uh, as Christ followers. Um, it says in Ephesians, as a prisoner for the Lord, this is uh, chapter 4, 1 to 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to uh, keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It goes on, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There's these beautiful things just in the slide before that talk about humble and gentle, patient. These are characteristics that we're going to explore about unity. But it also talks about one and then all. So we've got this idea in, uh, in the scripture here of one, which is singular, and we can think of God as one. God is, there's one God, there's one Lord, Father of all. So we've got this, but we also have this tension where we're talking about all, which is plural. But we know that God is three, three in one. 
And we get to enjoy this, uh, this unity that is actually Trinitarian unity. If we think of Christ, uh, we think of Christ in relation to God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christ is at the center uh, where we see God outworking uh, his love for humanity in a way, and creation in a way that uh, brings resurrection to us. Uh, but it's this relationship that we talk about as God. It's the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And you know, in this Trinitarian unity, it's not about us all becoming the same to be the one or even agreeing about stuff. You know, it's not about all being on the same page in order to be unified. It's the God in us that is drawn to the God in each other that actually brings about that unity. So it's not about us being the same or agreeing, uh, but unity is actually about, um, yeah, allowing the God in us to be revealed and engaging with that. So we're going to explore what that can actually look like. We've got this forming a complete and harmonious whole. And there's this beautiful, beautiful video. It's quite old. It's not the greatest quality, but it's beautiful. Uh, and it's barbershop singing. Has anyone ever done barbershop singing? Yeah. One, two. Oh, yeah. Aiden. Is that AI? There we go. Yeah. Three or four in the room. What? You could make a quartet. <laughs> hey. I did a bit of barbershop and we had a couple of beautiful moments. You find a nice stairwell that has the beautiful reverb and you get in there together and you sing your parts and then something beautiful happens. You're each singing your harmony, but then something's created within those harmonies that actually excel and go above what you're doing on your own, which is really cool. Um, we're going to see an example of that. This has uh, got something called an overtone in it. It's a note that no one's singing but gets created by the harmony. Okay, it's, it's really obvious. It's at the end. Um, if you want to try and sing it, good luck to you. Um, but let's have a listen here. Can I add that that's for growing men? Um, isn't that about? No, can't hit it, right? It's a high, high note that is an overtone of what they're singing to create something absolutely astounding, right? Isn't that good? So in heart, we're going to look at these characteristics of unity, and what we're going to find is that something greater than the sum of all the parts is actually created when we're in unity with Christ and with each other. Check it out. Examples of unity. We've got harmony, which is what we just experienced. Harmony can also be major, minor, different chords, different things moving together. They can create feel and mood, and they can actually influence those things as well. They can show emotion. They can do all these things just by having more than one. We hear instruments in a band, same thing here. We get a few people playing together, different parts, not the same part, but different parts that come together to create something more than themselves. Art. A piece of art is made up of different parts. I don't know the language around art, but it's bits that come together in beautiful cohesion to create something absolutely stunning. You also get a gallery. You get bits of art in a gallery that create this experience as you walk in. Pieces coming together to create something bigger than themselves. Architecture and structure. We've been playing a bit of Duplo. Tay is now two and a half, and she likes to build things. So that's nice, and it's a good distraction from anything else that we would have to do, like water play, because that's messy and wet. Um, <laughs> But if we can do Duplo, then that's good because I like building some towers. Uh, she likes to build towers up with a few blocks, but they're normally the little individual ones that go just really high next to one another. 
maybe four of those, and you get a tower yay high with some help. And uh, each of those, it, lo it looks pretty stable, you know, but what she does is she then kind of pulls or tries to push another block on top of one of those things and it will lean over and fall, fall down, right? Because it's not connected to any other part. And so I try and encourage little bits of uh, structural er engineering to come in and uh, connect those bits so that there's actually a firm foundation uh, and not just at the bottom, but actually all throughout. You know, we can live with the firm foundation of Jesus, but if we don't have these connection points throughout, then we're going to fall over. You know, we need this unity. We need connection, uh, and we need some awesome Duplo Towers. This all happens in relationship. You know, where there is unity, there will be relationship. Where there is relationship, there needs to be unity. Otherwise, you get abuse. You get self-centered behavior. You get stuff that pulls you away from unity, that doesn't nurture unity. So we need positive relationship. And that's at the core of it. So we see that each part on its own is capable of so much, but when combined together with another of the same or similar part in mutual communion, we get something greater than the parts uh, that themselves. And isn't that exciting? So these are some examples of unity, but... Um, you're going to see so many lists today. I asked Hayley, how many lists is too many lists? And she listed off a whole bunch of lists that were just too, no. Um, we've got lots of lists. So if you like lists, that's why they're on the screen. You can take photos. You can uh, listen to them again. Um, but we're looking at characteristics of unity. So these are things that are evident, evident in, but also that breed unity. We find these from that um, Ephesians 4 verse. We've got humility, gentleness, Patience and forbearance. We have love and we have peace, all found in that uh, couple of verses. Uh, just note that these are very much uh, the fruit of the Spirit. At least, I think, six out of nine. That's pretty good. And I don't think that's a coincidence. As we're saying, it's the God in us that allows and, and makes way for this kind of unity. It's not the agreement on a certain thing and all getting on the same page, but it's recognizing the God in us and letting the Spirit outwork that in us so that it creates unity. And these are all characteristics here. In Ephesians 4, I've oh, already done, no, Ephesians 4 talks about um, the Spirit is kept, or the unity of the Spirit is kept through the bond of peace. And we just celebrated peace, you know, that we can find peace. And that is actually what keeps unity. There's a few more. I couldn't help myself. Uh, characteristics of unity. We've got forgiveness. And I've got here with a refusal to live in a state of offense. We can forgive again and again, and Jesus encourages that. But if we maintain a state of offense, and if that's our natural response we're going to have to keep forgiven a whole lot more than if we actually learn to love instead of get offended, if I can put those two as opposites. Let's not talk about righteous offense. I don't, I don't know what that is. We've got vulnerability. It's important to be vulnerable, but we also need boundaries. We need communication a characteristic of unity is that we actually recognize the calling of each individual uh, and help bring out that identity in them. We don't get them to conform, but we celebrate who they are and we see the God in them and help bring that out in their actions and the way they live um, by being unified. Uh, and another characteristic of unity is encouragement. 
And this is one that I, I think we've seen it this morning in honour, um, but also encouragement, that when you see someone stepping into their God-given identity, you encourage that, you nurture that, you bring it out, because that's good for them, but it's also good for us. Okay. Let's have some fun. Has anyone read The Divine Dance? This is by Richard Raw. It came out maybe six, seven so years ago. I've, I've actually done a message on it before, um, so I obviously didn't encourage anyone to read it. Um, but that's okay. Uh, there's some beautiful imagery in it. And um, Richard Raw talks about the Trinitarian God, so the three parts making up one, but also the invitation that God calls us to be involved in this Trinity, that it's not three parts exclusive to us, but it's actually an invitation for us to be mirror images of God. And I, I really love this because it helps give me a model of how I can live my life. I'm not living trying to please God, but I'm living trying to mirror God so that others can be blessed. And in this, uh, we see unity as a dance. The unity of the Spirit is, is a dance. It's, it's all moving together in, in beautiful symphony. Uh, it's a flow. It's a hospitality and enjoyment. It's a submission and honour. We don't get the Trinity working effectively if there isn't submission. You know, Jesus didn't do things that he didn't see the Father doing. But there's also honour that God will say that this is my son who I'm well pleased. And there's this full acknowledgement of the identity that each part has and a submission and honour to that. So in unity, we're all parts of one. And I think you've uh, got the idea of that. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul goes into detail about the oneness that we can fulfil as parts of a body. You know, we're never called to be religious clones. I added a little religious in there just for fun. We're never called to be religious clones, but always empowered in our Christ-given identity. And identity can more effectively be found in unity. We see in this, this idea of a dance, and if you read the book, that unity requires and honours diversity. There's that term, echad, which is unity and diversity. Is that actually we're not all the same to make up one, but we're all unique and diverse, come about in unity. I've got one more, uh, there's plenty more to go through, but we've got one more little thing here. If it doesn't look like God, it's not unity. If we're struggling to see things come together, then, then maybe we're missing something of the character of God. If we're trying to build a community that doesn't reflect God well, we're not going to have unity. And vice versa, if we can actually see unity come about in, in a God-given way, then we're going to see God move because it's a reflection of his character and his love for us. All right, so we're going to look at some outcomes of unity as well. If we take this idea on board seriously that we're actually called to be unified, um, then we need to see some outcomes for those who like uh, metrics. It's essential that we open ourselves up to unity. Um, also from the Divine Dance, uh, Richard Rohr says this, every case of non-physiological based, or physi that's a big one, every case of non-physiologically based, does anyone want to try and say that? Physiologically based, oh yeah, I forgot the non, non-physiologically based, non that's a lot of syllables, could cause some mental illness. Um, every case of non-physiologically based mental illness stems from a person who has been separated, cut off, living, that's meant to say alone, forgetting how to relate. This person does not know intimacy and is starved for communion. The result of that is non-physiologically based mental illness. <laughs> 
So I could say that isolation and loneliness is opposite to unity. And relationship and community needs to be our response to isolation and loneliness. So here we go. Outcomes of unity. Unity will be an expression of God's kingdom. If we're unified in Christ and we're letting the God in us be drawn to the God in you, then we're going to see an expression of God's kingdom in how we live. We're going to see creative things. There'll be further creation when we're unified, things that are greater than the sum of all the parts. We're going to see a space for healing, which is essentially recreation within the body. We're going to see prophetic insight. We can hear from God for ourselves, but hearing from God through someone else is a beautiful reflection of unity. It's not about us getting it all right and having our faith sorted, but it's about us being encouraged and equipped through relationship with each other. And that prophetic insight can play a role. Uh, We have joy. Do you want to live a dull life? No, that doesn't sound like a Bible verse. (laughs) Do you want to live a life that's abundant? (laughs) Yeah? Yeah, and joyful? The joy of the Lord is our strength, and, and that is found in unity. And it's a characteristic of unity, peace, but an outcome of unity is more peace. When we live unified, we don't worry about what that other person's thinking of us. We don't think that we've offended people because it's likely they're not holding on to that offense because they've learned to forgive before they need to forgive. In unity, comparison falls away and encouragement takes its place. The pressure and burden of fulfilling life's obligations actually gets shared among us and those burdens get lighter. We take on the yoke of Jesus. When we grow in the characteristics that breed unity, it actually helps us to develop a a kind of like life hospitality that reflects the same welcoming embrace that we've found and received from God. So if I can live life in a way that is hospitable, in a way that brings life for others, then I'm functioning in a way that that Jesus would function. I'm actually creating opportunities for them to to find salvation. They're not saved through me, but I'm opening up my doors so that they can experience the love of the Father. Unity enables us to safely explore our individual calling and helps us to fulfill our communal role as the body of Christ. And uh, the inter oh yeah the get this the interaction between love driven people paves the way for a life giving and unified expression of God's kingdom, and that's good news. You know I don't want to be a, a part of a community that shows up and then leaves again, and we enjoy a moment, but we expect that moment to be enough. You know I want to show up into a space that that I can connect with that encourages, that breathes life, that shows hospitality, that actually honours the God gift inside each one of us, and in doing that effectively, sees this outworking of the kingdom of God. See the difference. We can show up for a moment and we can expect God to move, and that's a beautiful thing to make ourselves available and willing to enter the presence of God. But we've seen it, seen it before. If we don't get transformed by the renewing of our mind, then we're just going to go away the same. But when we come into a space like this, when we come into any relationship, Shane Willard earlier in the year encouraged us that when we sit at the table, when we eat together, 
we're actually opening ourselves up for reconciliation. We're, we're getting involved in something that will change our tomorrow. You know, and, and in this space here, we can build a culture uh, that actually celebrates unity. Once again, not by putting all these things in place, but by recognizing maybe where there's something lacking. Are we, are we finding offense too regularly? Are we holding on to that offense? Are we not communicating well with others so they don't know kind of our heart towards them? Are we so closed off that actually people find it hard to communicate and, and build relationship with us? You know, there's this, this celebration of unity, but we have to recognize that loneliness and isolation is the opposite. If we're feeling those things, we're missing something. So what can we do to bring that about? You know, I've already said it's the fruit of the Spirit at work that helps us build unity. So we need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. But we also need to celebrate where we see others functioning in these characteristics. We need to honour that in them so that we can actually receive from that and then begin to grow in it ourselves. It's not something we strive for, but it's something that we receive and then something that blesses others. There's plenty of content there, a whole bunch of lists. I like to just throw sentences at you. Um, but I also want you to, to have a bit of time of reflection as well. Um, this is not to point the finger at yourself and say, I should be doing better, but this is so that we can celebrate God at work. What characteristics of unity do I embrace? Do I function in? Is God already brought about in me? Humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, love, peace, forgiveness, vulnerability with boundaries, communication, we recognize calling and identity and encouragement. There's plenty more, but the lists were getting too long. What one do I personally embrace? You just have a, have a think about that. And alongside that, what characteristics of unity do I feel prompted to grow in? You've heard it said before that having kids uh, definitely helps you grow in patience. Oh, yeah. So they, yeah, I don't know if that's a prompting of the spirit or the prompting of my child that is bringing about that growing and patience. But unity in the house is a, a blessing. We won't even talk about marriage, right? <laughs> it's the children. It's the children. Where, this is convicting, where have I forsaken unity for an individual endeavor? We can put it under the banner of a God-given calling or a purpose or something that I feel led to do. But where does that come against unity? Where does that push me into a state of isolation and eventual loneliness outside of an expression of the kingdom of God? It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to measure but where have I forsaken unity for those individual endeavors? And maybe a follow-on to that is where can I actually invite God to change my thinking, redirect my path, put people around me to help convict me of my oneness with myself and be open to, to the unity of the Spirit, you know?
You're going to see things far greater than if you try it yourself. Just think of a time that you actually experienced that creative outworking of unity and make sure you thank God for it. We hear those harmonies creating something absolutely stunning. But where have you actually been a part of a creative venture, a ministry, a church, some sort of idea that you've committed yourself to alongside others, you've collaborated with, and you've actually then seen something beautiful happen? Just celebrate that and thank God for it. Another thing you can do is invite someone to lunch and put, put that unity into practice. Don't get offended if they don't like your food. Oh. Life hospitality has to start somewhere. If we don't put ourselves in positions that convict us of a lack of unity, then we're not going to grow in unity. If we don't allow ourselves to be transformed by the Holy Spirit working in us, then we're not going to grow in unity. Um, We're not going to grow in unity just by getting everything right through those lists, but we are going to see those things happen when we allow ourselves to be transformed as a community of believers. So let's pray. God, there's so much of you that we can love, that we can explore. Your mystery is endless. But God, we are filled with your love. We can be filled and transformed by an encounter with your presence. And and Holy Spirit, I just invite you to rest on us today. God, that your peace that surpasses all understanding would be rooted deep within our hearts. God, that offenses that we carry, God, may you soften our minds and our hearts so that we could forgive. God, we want to see your fruit at work in our lives. We want to see the unity that we express with every relationship we have. We want that to reflect your goodness. God, we don't want to settle for the oneness that we find in ourselves, but we want to celebrate the unity that is found in Christ and in us who reflect your kingdom. God, may you inspire new creative ventures, new creative thinking, things that don't don't seem to make sense with each of the parts, but when you bring those parts together, we see your kingdom come. So God, we're still, and we're willing. And I just pray that you'd cover each of us as we we reflect and as we um, say yes to, to making shifts that actually bring about unity. Holy Spirit, would you inspire those thoughts? Would you inspire... Uh, our hearts, and would you take us into this week and this year in a way that uh, is God-breathed. God, I just uh, release any uh, burden of finance in this space. God, where money has a hold, where we feel the pressure to, to complete something in our own strength, God, I just release that in the name of Jesus that we would say yes to the unity that comes through trusting you and being a part of a community that we know will take care of us. God, where I need to be generous to break that hold, may may we do the same. So God, we thank you uh, that we can live in unity, that you've made a a way, um, that we don't need to live in offense, we don't need to live our own separate lives, but we can be unified. We celebrate that you're at the center of it all. Amen.